Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, hey. Oh, that's my new hey, hey, hey. I like that. The remix. <laughs> hey, 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 the remix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how I is everybody? Your mama. Sorry. <laughs> it feels good to be back in the groove. You and your groove. Um, Yeah, you've been busy. You've been like in the trenches with the Live Richer Academy. Yeah, it's been great though, honestly. You know how you do something that's really hard, but you enjoy it. So you're, it's like a mix of like terror, like enjoyment. You feel proud of yourself, but you're also like scared and afraid and tired all the time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always like all, all over the place. I'm like, oh, like I feel like I'm pregnant, even though I've never been pregnant before. Just like all these emotions. Okay. And <laughs> from what I can tell from my friends. And today I was like, whoo, today's my first day that I'm like, whoo, sigh. My godson's turning one. Today's his birthday, so I'm going to his party. I actually bought his gift yesterday. I'm like, look at me being an adult in the head of the game. By one day. By one day. You don't even know. And usually, <laughs> first of all, I have not bought him not one gift. He's a year. This is my first gift. So believe me, this is that's a big accomplishment. <laughs> Man, this is the, I feel like the last few years have been the years of the weddings and Mm -hmm. all the bachelorettes and the bridal showers. This is the, and the babies, but now it's like the year of baby showers Mm -hmm. and baby's first birthdays and baby baptisms. Um, I I was supposed to go to a baby shower yesterday, but I didn't go. (laughs) Why? Just like, let me just send this gift. I can't. Well, we we had other plans already and, but I did send a gift though. I think that's the, I think that's a good etiquette thing. You know, you go to the registry, you send a little gift anyway and, you know, send your apologies. It wasn't someone I'm especially close to. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more a friend of my fiance's. So I still feel a little, I don't know, like etiquette wise, I'm like, man, but just because I'm a girl, I got to buy the gift. Yeah, basically. That's what I've I've learned. Well, you know what? When we first got together, it was really an inopportune moment for me and a great one for him because he had all these weddings coming up. So he had a date, but then I had to start. I'm like, but I got to start paying all these gifts for people I hardly know. Yeah. uh, It's funny now because we're all such good friends. But in the very beginning, I was going to weddings and I'm like, I don't really know these people, but this is fun, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Well, weddings are always, well, not always, but for the most part, weddings are fun because I love weddings. Yeah, me too. Just for the food and the dancing and like everybody's all happy and stuff. I love it. what I wish going to the club would actually be like. You know, there's food and like no one's slot. Like there's no one like trying to grab your ass and it's like old people are there too and it's fun. and like You're right. I never thought about it that way. A wedding is what I wish the club was like. (laughs) You know, we're getting old. (laughs) 
No, you know how I know I'm getting old yesterday. So we were up in Yonkers. Mm -hmm. Um, We took the Metro North, like the train up to Yonkers. And we came back down at like, I don't know, eight o'clock. And there was like this whole train filled with girls in high heels. And they had the little handbags when we came back to New York, to the city. And they all got off with us at Grand Central. And I was looking at them. And meanwhile, I'm in my like... My, uh, what do you call those things? My chucks yeah. with like no makeup on and like looking a mess. And we are, we are rushing because we are trying to get to the movie theater to see Zootopia. <laughs> and these girls are like wearing stilettos and probably on their way to like, I don't know, Hell's Kitchen or something. And I'm like, I just really want to see Zootopia. <laughs> me too. And I'm like, wait, Zootopia? You had me at Zootopia. <laughs> it is so good. Can I heard. Talk- it is so good. Oh. Supergirl told me, and I was jealous. I'm like, oh, so you weren't. Yeah, of course she did. She's like, she has more of an active social life than I will ever have. <laughs> No, it was really good. Like I, I was literally, I left the theater grinning ear to ear, and I even stayed for the credits. Enrique's like out in the hall waiting on me. I'm like, no, I want to watch the end because Shakira has the performance. Shaki- okay. Shakira, Shakira, she's a, um, she plays a gazelle. Okay. Whose name is Gazelle? And, uh, <laughs> That's movie, appropriate. But you know what? It's 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 funny because you know they do these Pixar movies years. They have to plan the movies like t- five, ten years ago. Like they've been mm-hmm. working on this movie for so many years, and then we see it. But it's such a great like this movie is coming at a really interesting time. There's all these racial issues happening in America that bubble to the surface, and this movie had some really like Black Lives Matter undertones. Mm. So like, stay with me because it's a it's a like a Pixar movie. So there's it's all about animals who wear clothes and live in a society where animals have evolved to become like humans Mm. and there's like no longer there's predators and prey but they've all lived they've learned to live together okay and that starts off with like a um someone named a little bunny named judy hops who's an adorable little bunny and she really wants to be a police officer but nobody thinks a bunny can be a cop and she like defies the odds and becomes the first bunny police officer in the zootopia pd okay with me (laughs) so so she goes and she kind of uncovers there's all these missing there's these missing mammal cases that she has to solve and it turns out they're all predators and um the predators are starting to attack the prey again they're starting to Mm. attack regular people and she's at a press conference and people are asking her judy hops like why are these predators attacking these people attacking the prey and she's like it's just part of their biology maybe that's just what you know predators are meant to do and all these people start being prejudiced against all the predators and you Mm. see you see like a a baby bunny and a mom bunny get on a train and like a cheetah comes on and sits down with a newspaper and they like skirt away from them and you know there's Mm. it's, it's sort of like this it's all about prejudice and um almost like racial profiling but like animal profile <laughs> that's really cool i want to see know. it there's all these grown-up messages it's great i loved it and and despite all like the heavy sort of like i mean if you're a kid you don't really know yeah all, you don't you don't get all that but it was really it's like satisfying as a grown-up to watch that no i'm gonna watch i'm gonna take supergirl again she totally was like i'll go with you again it, it was fun yeah also i am 75 years old i understand <laughs> i know it's so crazy like literally like my decision to leave the house is like wait what am i gonna wear i'm not leaving because <laughs> i wear the same because i work from home largely from home unless i have two sets of clothes i have like my grungy home clothes and i have like my budget i'm on stage clothes i don't have anything in between so either i have to leave the house looking like i'm about to speak on a stage <laughs> or like i just rolled out of bed and i'm sick of it <laughs> You just seem like a nice pair of jeans and a nice basic top. That's all you need. I know, but I don't even have because I, I literally I just realized the other day I told my sister she's um like a she's like kind of like Miss Fashion Forward of all the girls. Like I have four sisters, so of the five girls, she's the most like fashion fashionable. And so I told her I'm like Tracy, 
I, we need to go shopping. Because I, I have not looked up for my business in years and thought about like Tiffany and my clothes. And so I realized, I'm like, I, I literally have nothing. I have not bought a pair of jeans in probably five or six years. So I have like these express jeans with like the faded front. I'm like, who's Ooh. going out of there? <laughs> yes. With the bedazzled butt pocket. Yes. All of my stuff is so dated because it was like either I was speaking or I was home. And so I'm like, I don't even have any regular walking. I have like maybe one pair of jeans. I'm like, I can't wear these every time I leave the house. I need something. So I'm going to go through my closet and kind of like throw away all my 1990 somethings and, you know, try to like just admit, at least maybe get like two or three pairs of jeans. And like you said, some tops, but I want to be like uh, Carolina Herrera. You know who that is? Uh, yeah. But yeah. Let's, so not she- the, let's not, you know, that's like setting the bar super high. <laughs> no, no. Meaning like not her, but so for those of you who are listening and you're like, who's Carolina Herrera? She's like this like amazing designer. But if whenever you see her, she's usually wearing like a white top and a black, black pants or black skirt. She has like a uniform mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what I want to do, but not like, I mean, if you see her, she's like, I'm not going to get to that level of, ele- of elegance. That's just not in my nature, <laughs> but I do want to have a general uniform. Like, okay, this yeah. is, a, you know, like this is the type of top that fits. And this it makes is type- things so much easier. Uh, yes. Actually the girls, some of the girls at my office, some of the the women at my office, sorry, they uh, put together a video. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the personal finance video team did a video on, um, they wore this, three women wore the same thing every day to work for like two weeks to see if anybody noticed. And nobody noticed. And they all kind of talked about how much easier it was. And I tried it this week. I wore the same black dress for five days in a row. And nobody noticed. I just put a different belt around it every day and like wore different shoes and shoes changed it up. And then cool. like, um, I probably should have washed it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice. And um, you know how you have a whole closet full of stuff, but you only wear like five things yeah. over and over on rotation. Yep. So I ended up getting, and I'm notorious for doing this. I will buy something and I know it won't fit me. And I'll be like, I can tailor that or I'll lose five pounds or yep. that'll fit better. Maybe it'll look better at home. And then it never looks better. I never wear it. And it's just a waste of money. So um, I have these dresses from like J. Crew that I have had forever that never fit me right. Even with tailoring, they're not going to look good. So I um, I got the – I went on threadup.com. Mm-hmm. You heard of that? No. It's like this – it's a, it's, a, it's called ThreadUp and they sell – you can go on there and buy um, gently worn or unworn um, designer clothing that women have in their closets that they send to thread up. They send you a big bag. It's not work. They send you a big bag and you put all your clothes in the bag and you mail it to them and then they post it on the website and sell it and then you get a cut, like a small cut of whatever. Okay, the... like consignment. Yeah, consignment. That's the word. Um, but it's kind of tricky because they only take certain, they're very picky about what kind of brands they take. Okay. So they won't take like, I don't know, whatever you got a Rue 21 or like Forever 21 or something okay. like that. They want like Banana Republic, J. Crew, you know, things okay. that or I guess um, people would actually want to buy. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm trying it out. I haven't sent my bag in yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through. But that's one way I'm trying because I feel I I give so much clothing away to chair mm-hmm. to like Goodwill and stuff. But some of the stuff I'm like, man, I probably could sell this and I'll just give it away. No, for sure, honestly, because honestly, like I'm looking at my closet now, and it's honestly it's ridiculous. There are so many clothes in there, and yet nothing. And it's because so many, like, I don't throw away, like, anything. I still have clothes from, like, high school. I'm like, but why, Tiffany? That was 30 mm. pounds ago. <laughs> and I'm always like, ooh, because the day that I, that you what? That you give birth to a 30-pound human being and, and lose the weight? No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you got to do so, the six-month rule. If you, if you haven't worn it in six months, and toss it out. 
I think what I need, I honestly, I need to separate my closet because I, I wasn't going shopping because I was like, I've got tons of clothes, but I need to separate, like, I need to have the business side of my closet so I can be honest about Tiffany. You don't have tons of clothes. I have enough budget Nista clothes, but not enough Tiffany clothes. And I'm definitely going to, um, I think I'm going to set aside a budget. That's what I like to do because she loves shopping, my sister. So I think I'm going to set aside a budget and then just be like, this weekend, let's get like I'm going to have her start me off with like the basics and then kind of build from there. It's fun. Cause it's like, like she was like when, as a kid, she was like my best, my best friend growing up, you know, like you have like, but well, you don't have like, uh, like a bunch of sisters, but yeah, I only had one was, to choose from. So <laughs> you're like, I guess you, I saw that picture <laughs> of you guys sidebar my ADD. That was such a cute picture of you oh, guys. It's my, it's my big sister's birthday. <laughs> she turned and she was very upset about it. <laughs> but I did wake up to a bunch of text messages from her at three in the morning. So she must have had a good time last night. It's a good sign. But yeah, so she, I'm going to have that sister, my best friend's sister from when I was a kid. Like, I'm going to have her just take me and just be like, all right, this is how much I don't, I'm probably going to set aside. I don't even know. Like, is 500 bucks enough? I don't even know. I can start well, saving. Depends on where you want to shop at. You have to, you know, be a, if you want to, you know, buy Carolina Herrera, Herrera, you're going to need. Clearly not. That would buy you one sock, maybe. <laughs> not even. She's going to be like, well, then I'll allow you to try the sock on and then leave the store. <laughs> but you, it will take, you need to like, because to find the right pair of jeans, especially because you haven't bought them in so long, your, your yeah. body's probably changed. It's it's tough. I finally found my one pair of jeans um, at the Gap that I like. Okay. That I like. She told me that. She said the gap might be like a good because everybody has different body shapes. And she was just telling me we're going to have to shop at different stores to kind of find what fit like, you know, which which brand has your fit. Like she's like, we'll try the gap. We'll try banana. We'll try all these different places just to kind of see like, OK, this is my store. Like I found out for Superman because he's six, six, but skinny. And so banana, but banana, the factory store actually carries his size. Like we bought him a whole bunch of pants because they had a friends and family sale last weekend and like to fit him that for, to fit him slim, but also really tall. So we realized, okay, this is your store. And now I know his size and I can just kind of like go and pick stuff up for him. So I have to find like my store and then you can just kind of like throw things in that are fun from other places. But I need to find like my core these are this is my jeans store. Like you know, I already am. I'm upgrading my underwear. So you know, see, I'm changing, guys. Like I'm you like from the inside. Mm-hmm. Now you're on the outside. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna get my nails done this week. I have not gotten my nails done. I only get them done like when a boyfriend of mine is like, honestly, I need you to at least be a little bit feminine. So Superman was like, I'm gonna send you and Supergirl to get your nails done. I was like, okay. I'm gonna get my hair done because I look like hell. I looked in the mirror. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I do. I've not done anything. Just but work, work, work. And I'm like, Tiffany. I love that song. Can we talk about the piggy video? Have you seen the piggy? Yeah. Doing the work, work dance. First of all, he's scratching his behind on the leg. I'm like on the leg of his hair. I'm like, yeah, is that what he's doing? Yeah. If you look closely, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get that itch. He is not dancing to the I do not care. I have watched that video once a day. Enrique keeps, or my, yeah, he keeps sending it to me. I love that little pig. I, I feel, I wonder if the sales of piglets have gone up or vegetarianism has gone up since yeah. people have watched that video. I know. He is so cute. Well, sidebar, let me ask, what is your go-to either song or like artist? You know, whenever I do work, I have like an artist that I like to put on that I can zone out. It doesn't distract. It actually keeps me focused. And the work song, honestly, I put it on repeat and I can work for hours. Oh, you're, Really? 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, working is usually writing, so I don't like having words. But my favorite Spotify station is called Brain Food. Okay. And it has all these like really good like instrumental songs. Some of them have words, but they're really good instrumental songs. And I, the the music is so perfect. It's like I'm focusing on. I'm like, this is a great song, and then all of a sudden it just fades into the background, and I'm getting my work done. But okay. it's a little bit different since I write. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see that because there's definitely times when I'm doing emails and I'm like, shut up, shut up. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't think. Yeah. But like, yeah, if I'm like doing like basic stuff that I don't need to like really like compose words to, I love the work song. And I just, I Drake is like, yo, know, he can put me in the zone because his voice is so like melodic. Yeah. So I don't really, you know, focus on the words. It's just like, you know how Drake's voice is. And like, he is like my go-to. I need to, I need to focus and get work done. That's a good one. Yeah. Somebody was like trap music. I'm like, really? <laughs> that doesn't amp you up? Because I had posted it on Facebook and asked, what is your like go-to like get in the zone song? People were like, I'm like, really? Trap music? <laughs> Gangsta. <laughs> For like working out, my favorite song is, well, I don't really do as much running anymore as I did last year, but my favorite song was Get Low. Which is okay. this, I guess it's like a house song. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sing it for you, but if I you am want. Get low, get low, get low, get low. No, 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 not, not Flo Rida or whatever oh. that is. Or what, who's that? Get low, low, low. No, 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 not that song. Okay. It's a really good song. Oh, I really, I'm desperate to sing it right now, but I don't want to embarrass do myself. Do it. Do no. it. Do it. But it's cool because it has like, it's like, it's like, um, it's like, what's the thing called where it's like, what's the new thing? Electronic music. What are the kids listening to now? Yeah, oh. e- EMA or RAM or R whatever it's electronic, mm-hmm. and then it also has like some like um like Bollywood kind of sounds at the end. But if you're on the if you're on the treadmill right now, America, listening to Brown Ambition, go to Spotify and look up Get Low, great mm. song, not the Florida one. <laughs> Anything happening in the news for some buzzworthy? Ah, oh, buzzworthy. Well, I I watched um I don't know if this is like news, but so the Misty Copeland documentary is out on Netflix. Ooh, was it good? And I truly enjoyed it. It was, um, I think it was an, it was her and PBS to uh, PBS to the documentary. It's on Netflix now. If you want to check it out, mm-hmm. it was really good. If you're not Misty Copeland out, because she's been like, yeah. you know, in the news for a while, but I liked it a lot. It really showed, um, I think a different side. I like it because it showed the work that she does. And so often when you see Misty, she's like all dolled up and talking about, you know, being a historical, you know, the mm-hmm. first black um, ballerina to be a principal dancer at the Atlanta or Atlanta <laughs> American <laughs> Ballet Theater, ABT, um, which is all great and good. But like you really see the blood, sweat and tears and literally blood, sweat and tears because she mm. gets like she has to have shin surgery. She's all those <laughs> pins put in her shin. And you see her, the most uncomfortable scene for me is when, so she's recovering from the surgery she's had and it's many months later. And to get back in the game, she goes on this tour in in Europe um, with some other company or whatever. And she's dancing in France or somewhere, Italy. And she has a back spasm and getting into a a van. And so she goes to see this like French chiropractor and it's already scary enough going to like a back doctor in America. But then imagine being somewhere where you don't speak the language. And you see this doctor doesn't speak English, like cracking her back and shifting her neck. And like he puts his arm around her waist and like jerks her up and down. And you just, I don't know, it just really shows that this is not glamour. This takes real hard work. So I I recommend it. I think that I love, honestly, one of my, one of the things I like watching most, because I don't really watch TV much, but when I take a break and I watch something, I love watching those type of documentaries that show the good, the bad, and the ugly and the terrible. Because I like seeing, I like to see the real, like, okay, this person is super successful, but three years ago they were homeless 
or, you know, they work really, really hard or they're still figuring out work-life balance, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It didn't show um, any of her family, though. I wonder what the story is there. Like, you don't see her mom or any of her Mm. siblings. And and not till the very end. And the only person interviewed about her personal life is one of her, one of her good, her, like, best friends, who's also a dancer. And at the very, very last scene of the movie, I mean, spoiler alert, she (laughs) is leaving the theater and she, the camera's following her from behind. And then she runs to her, who's her boyfriend, this very tall, tall tall dark drink of water or whatever delicious looking person man um and she like gives him a big hug and he has flowers for her oh that's, that's nice. the last scene but you don't get a lot of them it's very mysterious so don't get a lot of the family stuff <laughs> maybe they just don't want to because i know my parents sometimes are like honestly this is cute and all but why like yeah. <laughs> my mom was like i remember when good morning america is gonna come interview me she's such a mom she was like tell them not to tape the carpet i don't like the way i'm like mommy <laughs> every little thing i don't know if they should don't get this i don't this section of the room is not as well lit i'm like oh my gosh thankfully they decided not to go ahead with like taping at my parents house because i was thinking to myself she swears that she's a director she would have oprah there and be like oprah actually this is how we're gonna do this <laughs> She's just like, uh, and so sometimes like with family, everyone, it doesn't want to be, you know, on front street, you know? Oh God. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason I stopped talking about my mom. She hates it. She yeah. like, calls me crying. Like, why are you talking about me? <laughs> oh, no, sorry. She, she's she's like, you can do it when I die. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> You're like, okay. I don't know. What the, okay. Don't I guess say that's that. Fair enough. I guess that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Have you been watching the OJ Simpson trial? Uh, the I've, show I've on clips of it, but I've heard that it's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, I'm not. I, I, we've been watching. I've been kind of watching it in the background while um, Mr. Future Husband's been watching it. But um, it's good. I liked especially so Marsha Clark. And I was a little kid when this whole thing was happening. I was like nine or ten. I kind of remember it, but I wasn't old enough to really understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marsha Clark was the federal prosecutor who lost the case. You know, obviously. So it's it's a it's sort of her story in this one episode where they show because she's a single parent. Well, she's getting divorced during this whole trial. So in the background, she's going through a custody battle with her ex. Mm. And she, um, you know, Johnny Cochran in the show anyway, I don't know if this actually happened, um, you know, calls her out for needing to leave early to go take care of her kids and makes a joke about it. And she has to stand up for herself. But then it also shows how the media attacked her and how they, she had, you know, it was the 90s. So she had like a perm and the media would make fun of her perm and they, you know, splash her on the front page of all the tabloids saying guilty of hair, you know, oh, convicted gosh. of bad hair or something like that. Um, and she just has all these breakdowns and she talks about how, you know, she's not a public person. And all of a sudden, I think this was like the very, this is like a foreshadowing of what the media would really become, like the mm-hmm. reality TV, like let's mm-hmm. follow and make her into a character. And I, I thought it was interesting that they even decided to show that side of it and and how hard it was for her to be thrust in the spotlight yeah it's a little scary like when you think of like because you're right it something could happen and it's no longer that the spotlight just kind of uh happens after you grasp for it sometimes you could just be like a regular person maybe you make a funny video like did you see that kid damn daniel damn daniel it was like familiar it was like this funny meme. Like, honestly, all the kids were talking about it. I only know because I watched, I was on BuzzFeed and I was like, what is this? Basically, this kid 
um, his name is Daniel and his friend every single day on Snapchat, which I do not like, you know, get on much on Snapchat, his friend would video him. Like apparently Daniel has cool style, which honestly he wears like vans and a t-shirt. But anyway, so he would like video his friend and be like, damn Daniel. But his voice was so funny. Like the way he would say it, it'd be like, damn Daniel, damn. And so it just became like a ritual on Snapchat. And then somebody made like a, a, like a, I guess like a collage, not a, like a, but a video like collage of like him saying it like three or four times. And it's kind of funny, but it took off like wildfire. I mean, you know, that's not, you never know that that's what's going to happen. Then all of a sudden the damn Daniel kid and his friend are on Ellen and like, oh, he's, of course they are, you know, and then he's getting asked for autographs and, you know, but it could go a, a terrible go crazy. Exactly. So you just never know. You could just be, that's why I don't like when people post, um, people on social media and it's clear that they don't know that they're being posted i'm just like why like you don't know if this person is like running from their ex-wife or husband because they were abusive you don't know if you don't know whatever i just think like why are you posting like especially if you're trying to post to make fun of them like look at her pants i'm like really i don't know stuff like that just always always irritates me or you're posting oh yeah 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 you post pictures of people sleeping on the subway yeah, and I'm just like, you know what? This person didn't, and then they become a meme. Like you've seen, we've seen these subway memes of people who did not know that they were being photographed, and now for the rest of your life, you're being made fun of. And it's just, I don't know. I just don't agree with posting strangers, um, even if it's not like I don't post people who, who I don't know. Like even if it's something good, like oh, cute dress. Unless I'm posting and you don't see their face, or you're just from behind and you don't see like their face, and definitely not kids. I'm like, really, you posting this person's kids? Do you like, know? Um, do you know the humans of New York guy? He posts yeah. pictures of uh, humans who live in New York. Yeah, Brandon, and now from around the world. What's his last name? Brian, Brandon Staten or something. Staten. Mm-hmm. So um, he was interviewed. Katie Couric, for, uh, who works for Yahoo now, she interviewed him about his letter, um, his open letter to Donald Trump, which I thought was, or sorry, he who must not be named. Yeah, <laughs> Voldemort. Yes, he's basically Voldemort. Um, and I thought that was a. Uh, you don't often hear him talk publicly but i thought he had if you haven't read his open letter and you want to remember i mean so often i feel like his his instagram feed and his facebook feed are all about reminding people that there's humanity in the world and good in the world and i feel like if this if this election is really making you doubt whether there's still good in the world just read his letter i think i think it's a nice little it's like a salve for the heart that's been hurt by whatever he must not be named the evil that he is spurring in america you know what's so crazy about it? It's just that he's so, I just, like Humans of New York, here's this guy who just took pictures and posted them up. And now, I mean, he clearly is not like a a, a public person because he really hardly ever um, shows himself on like social media. And now, you know, he's created this huge movement and brand and just, I just like him. He just, he just seems like such a nice, decent guy, you know? Hopefully. Yeah, I know. That's why I said seems like. <laughs> so one day in the future when someone's like, he made up everything in those captions. No one ever said that. Right? That or happen. like, he, you know, he, you know, he shakes dogs on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, things like that happen. You're like, jeez. Wait, who shakes dogs? I'm just saying, like, you know. I'm like tortures shaking. them? Yeah, like, oh, you come here. Like, <laughs> you ever hear That's a, such a what? specific example. <laughs> you know what I know why? Because I think it was Chris Rock or was it Martin? He was like, no, I think it was uh, Chris Rock. He was like, I won't beat a woman, but I'll shake the shit out of her. Oh, <laughs> that was just like, exactly. So I thought, like, what's a horrible thing? I don't want to say he shakes women. He shakes dogs. 
So yeah, I'm just saying that you know you we see all these people, and we cannot end that the, the, <laughs> the headlines with that image in our head. I know, Brandon. I know you don't shake dogs. Do you have any good good news, good happy news to share? Yes. So there is this. I was reading about this woman. I posted in our on our um. Let me see on our page on FB. Um, there's this older woman. I think she's like in her 80s. She actually hand wrote a um her thesis and got her doctorate at like 81. And I just thought it was so motivational. She had been working on it for years and years and years. I can, and, hardly, uh, I can hardly handwrite a check anymore. I know. Like, Let how do you make words? I forget. <laughs> exactly. So I just thought, I don't know. It just, it just was such a nice thing. Like, oh, you know, it just teaches you like, don't give up. Just keep, oh no, at 90, she wrote it at 90. 90? Been, yeah. She'd been doing her research for like 30 years. And I just Damn. thought- you know, because she was uh, she she did her her doctorate on uh, women. Let me see what it was on. Um, I think it was like single women or mothers. Um, it took she, me like a, it took me everything I had in my in my body to get my sister a birthday card written on time hmm. and delivered, and it required help from a future husband because I forgot the card at home. So the fact that she wrote four hundred four hundred pages, yes, and then she had to of course defend it. But yeah, she did a, a, her doctor her doctorate on migrant women, and I just thought I don't know it just it just really struck a chord with like because I think and we live in a society now where it's so crazy. So I spoke at St. John's University in Queens like last weekend, and this young girl came up to me, and because when I spoke, I talked about all the trouble I'd had and how much you know how many mistakes I made, and you know how at, at age thirty I had to move back home with my parents, and she this girl could not be more than twenty one. She was like, thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm behind and I haven't accomplished enough. 21. And that's what, you know, that's where we are in society now is that it's like you're made to feel like you have to have these major accomplishments at like 16. And if you're not, then something's wrong with your life. And here she is at 21 thinking that she's behind. And I'm just like, wow, we're just not allowed to evolve you know, most people don't really, you know, I don't know. People. No, I get it. You feel yeah. like, especially, listen, um, I have two friends turning 30 this year and they are both losing their mind and it is okay. like their lives are ending. And I feel like I, I hate that mentality of that. You get to a certain age and then everything mm-hmm. ends. It's like people who think the world is flat. You know, the back, back in the day, like you think you're going to get to the edge and you'll fall off, but then no, it keeps going. Yeah. And so the only choice you have is to keep growing and keep evolving or you know, are you just going to like sit down and give up? Exactly. And then just to know that, like, I just wish that I could tell, like, every teenage girl and and college girl to just tell them that, like, you don't have to barrel through life trying to check off the boxes. That life really is just, it's it's an evolution. And just take your time and enjoy. And, and you don't have to be like, oh, yeah, at 21, I had my first house. At 25, I had my first da-da-da. Cause I definitely did that because I thought like, that's what you're supposed to do. And it wasn't until I kind of like lost everything and all the boxes that I checked, like, you know, were recycled <laughs> and thrown out that I realized that none of those things mean anything that instead when I just decided, you know what, I'm going to enjoy life and, and do what I feel in my heart to do, which is to help people. And then once I started living like that, you know, truthfully, I've checked way more boxes than I ever even imagined. But honestly, I stopped even keeping count of box checked boxes. I'm just living now, you know? Well, I think that we're all our, we're so hard on ourselves and we're so mm-hmm. unkind to ourselves. And I think if you just, if you look at, like, if you talk to yourself, like you talk to your best friend, your best friend would not call you a failure. Exactly. You know? 
So what about brown break? What are you breaking from? I must take a brown break. I don't know if we've talked about this in the show before, but this is a particular um, like uh, tender spot for me personally is my whole life I've sort of been a quiet, especially in class. I was always kind of quiet, stayed to myself. I wasn't like very outgoing or smiley and my dad's family especially and people at school especially would always be like, smile. Why aren't you smiling? Mm. Just look happy, you know, and always put so much pressure on me. And then you go out into the world as a grown up. And what are the guys in the streets tell you? Give me a smile. Oh, you don't want to smile? Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I feel like this has become like a big issue. And this week, um, Hillary Clinton obviously had a great Super Tuesday. um, Or no, what did she win? She won Ohio and like a bunch of other states in these um, in the primaries. And uh, MSNBC anchor Joe Scarborough who has a lot of other issues, he tweeted <laughs> that she needs to smile. She just had a great night. Oh, gosh. And, of course, it unleashed a wave of controversy. But, <laughs> you know, it kind of opened up the discussion again. And I just – so I want to take a brown break from the pressure on women to always look happy and jovial and accommodating and so just lovely and everything mm-hmm. is fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, put a big old superficial grin on your face because that makes everyone feel more comfortable. Exactly. Um, I'm just it- tired of telling – you know, and I talked about before about being told by a, a manager that I need to be more social and, like, hang out. And I honestly, the past two brown breaks, it may not seem like I'm a social person because I'm like, I hate March Madness and I don't want to <laughs> hang out. <laughs> I don't want to have to go to happy hour, <laughs> you know. But I am – uh, I'm very focused on my work and I love my coworkers and we, you know, we hang out and all kind of stuff, but, um, I, I felt like that was a bit sexist and I feel like it's sort of all part of this, um, this like expectation for women to be, a, have a certain kind of personality and there's no room for the rest of us to have a complex, um, multi-layered set of emotions that we can display at any, any given time. And they're not always like, la, 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 la baking cookies and stuff exactly <clears throat> you know what and that that's true because I, I like my natural i i have a strong resting bitch face i mean yeah. strong i don't even notice but i just wish I, it weren't even called a bitch face like yeah you you're right face. just like my regular face is not like super inviting like it, nothing's wrong it's just like when when i'm not smiling i i probably do look a bit unfriendly but you're right i never look at a guy like hey he's not grinning like an idiot walking down the street what's wrong What's wrong? Yeah, it's unfortunate. But yeah, I get that a lot, especially in New York. Hey, baby, what's wrong? Give me a smile. And then you're like, you feel like, should I just be like, leave me the hell alone? Usually I end up like caving and I give that fake little like, <laughs> smile. <laughs> just so they'll leave you alone. But I, yeah. My my fake smile, like the smile I give when people tell me to smile is really unnerving to people. So I feel like <laughs> it's almost better if I don't. Like, just don't. <laughs> It looks like kind of like when you know when you walk. You oh my worst my my dreaded moment at work, which happens every day, is when you're walking down a long high, hallway and you're going to pass somebody and they're coming oh, at you yeah. and you're like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Should I just smile? Should I not smile? Are they looking at me or looking at the phone right now? Okay, whew, I missed that one. But then like they look at you and you make eye contact. You're like, okay, what do I do? Smile. And I always do like a really weird like half smile. Yes, this that half smirk smile. Like a like, corner of your mouth goes up and you're like, oh. I was like, <laughs> why did I do that? Or you smile and then they just like look at their phone. The last second because they also can't deal yes. with the, the hallway pass. Yes, yes that is crazy. Human beings are such crazy animals. <laughs> but I feel like when you're happy, be happy. But when you're when you're, you know, a candidate for the highest office in America and you want to have a serious face, then by golly, have a serious face. Exactly. <laughs> now what's your brown break? My brown break, actually, before we got on, I was um 
opening my email, I was like, damn it, Namviant, what do you want? For those of you who are not in the know, Namviant is uh, oh. like the new Sally Mae. It's my student loan people. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a brown break from these daggone student loans. Um, so, In what the, way? Well, because for the longest time. You're going to um, stop paying them? No, obviously I can't okay. do that. <laughs> Let's I'm just be specific. <laughs> I'm taking a brown break, I guess, from I don't know, just the concept of student loans. I mean, obviously I can't take an actual break. I'm just basically I'm saying I'm sick of you. <laughs> like because so Nambian has been bugging me because when I first started the Budgetista with Nambian, I was able to get on an income-based repayment program. And I wasn't making much money, so I was paying 12 bucks a month. Woohoo, right? Dang. Yeah, okay. So apparently, old you know, stingy old tax man or Uncle Sam must have tapped Nambian on his shoulders. Like, Tiffany's doing way better. That $12? <laughs> She's playing you. <laughs> and so Nambian sent me a bill basically saying like, oh yeah, so this $12, that's cute. But starting in April, your new bill would be $574 a month. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's a huge leap. Can I get an intermediate leap? Oh, and yeah. so I know. Don't you so- have to, with the income-based repayment, don't you have to file every year, like reapply mm-hmm. for it? And I did, but yeah. you know, honestly, my business, it, it, and, and some of my entrepreneurs will know this. It's like, you'll do business will be like growing, growing. And then all of a sudden like kaboom. And this is really like last year is when I started my kaboom. Like when I'm like, wow, I make good money, you know? Yeah. And, um, so that's why, because I'm still riding off my 2014 taxes and I have not submitted my 2015 because I just did them. And so I know when they see, they're going to be like, oh, so I don't know um, if I'll still be paying $500 with income base. Um, so we're going to see. But that's what they said, $574. I'm just like, oh, exactly. You know what, though? I can't wait till they're done. Once I'm done with, because um, honestly, I don't have any credit card debt. I don't have, literally, I have no other debt except student loans. I owe like over $50,000 for my master's that I got from Seton Hall. Um, so you know, with twelve dollars a month, it would take I, you approximately seventy five hundred million dollars I mean, years to pay but that honestly, off. But that's what I'm saying. I'm like Tiffany. It's time now, anyway, because you're in a place now. Your business is doing well enough that you can set aside a certain amount of money to pay this down. I could understand before when you didn't have any money, but let's be real: twelve dollars is not realistic. I'm just like speaking out of a salty, petty place where I'm like, man, get out my inbox. I heard you. I know I got to pay more. Well, I mean, so, as soon as you start doing, well, everyone's doing their taxes right now, and it just it hurts. It does when you see how much cumulatively you've been paying in tax. Well, you have one big chunk, right? But what? I wrote a check for like twenty two thousand dollars. I'm like, what does this even mean in life? <laughs> imagine how Oprah feels. What can you imagine? And then my account, my accountant told me he's like Tiffany, you cannot pay once a year anymore. You have to start paying quarterly. I'm like, what? What is this life? He was like, once you make over a certain amount. With your company, the government doesn't want to hear about this once a year because they want their money soon, quick, fast, and in a hurry. So now I got to figure out what that looks like. I just, it's just a lot of adulting. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, when did this happen? When did I become an adult where I like have to do adult things every day? You asked for this. I know, I did. But you know what? It's a small thing because I'm learning too as an adult that I don't have to always do everything myself. So I'm definitely, like I have a bookkeeper. She helps a lot. I have my accountant. And so I'm learning to also get help so it's not just me adulting alone. Well, the thing about income-based repayment that, I mean, it's such a great um, perk that you get with federal student loans. And a lot of people don't know about it, which is shocking to me. I mean, all you have to do is call your student loan um, servicer, like the Navy and other, shoot, I'm forgetting all the other ones that they're called. 
um, which is yeah. bad. There's like four or five major ones. You just call them up and say, I'm not only making a certain amount. Can we talk about income-based repayment? Yep. It, sh- it should be very simple. Yep. What's scary is that there are these student loan um, companies out there that say that they will help you enroll in the new federal program called income-based repayment. And all you got to do is pay them $500 and they'll do it for you. You don't have to pay anybody anything. 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 You do not. And it's, I just saw, I was on Instagram and I had a sponsored Instagram ad from the Student Debt of America company. And I called them up and I was like, because I knew what it was, but I called them up just to see if they were going to at least admit that it could be free. And of course, they, they they were very like wanted to like snatch my email and my phone my phone number right away. And I was like, no, 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 let me ask you some questions first. And it took very long for the, her to finally say, well, it doesn't have to cost you anything, but we'll do it for you, and you don't have to do any paperwork. Mm-mm. Well, there's not a ton of paperwork if you call it's a not. loan servicer and, and have them do it. it. It's not that hard. Honestly, I did it online. I think, and like it was super easy. I think I called just to make sure they got everything. It was like, honestly, how much do you make this much? Prove it. Upload your um, tax tax papers. And I did. And I just waited. And they were just basically like, okay. And I was like, okay, it seems so easy. That's when I called. Because I'm like, wait, that seemed too easy. And so I called and she's like, no, no, we got everything. You know, we got your tax forms. And that was basically it. Yeah. Anybody interested should, if you have federal student loans, should definitely look into income-based repayment. Absolutely. So that's my my brown break, even though I'm not going to, I guess it's unofficial because clearly I can't break from uh, Uncle Sam. He's like, oh, really? I will break you. So that's just like my brown break in in emotions only that like, okay, yes, I'm doing better, but boo, do you want more money? time for tips man i just got distracted watching one of these tasty videos from buzzfeed do you watch oh, oh yeah i do it's ridiculously like did you see the the churros did you see yeah. oh my god they had red velvet churros okay i watch all of them all of them and they're all such disgusting foods like they use a lot of crescent roll mixes like not disgusting but like i'm never gonna eat this like crescent roll pigs in a blanket <laughs> pretzel like why am i watching this anyway i digress <laughs> So who we gonna who we gonna I know we had let's choose just one. Um yeah, we can choose just one, but first I wanted to say I was I um quick shout out to this group called Savvy Ladies. Do you know Savvy Ladies? Uh I don't think so. They're a New York based nonprofit that gives free financial advice to women who obviously can't afford it. Um, it's all about financial empowerment for women and um it's run by this it was founded by this woman named Stacy Francis, who I got the I had the pleasure of meeting her last week because I moderated one of their panels. They do, um, I think, monthly or, or weekly events even every uh, in New York for women for free. You just come. They have drinks and, and snacks and they have a speaker. So I moderated a panel and I got to meet Stacey Francis who is this – she she's literally built a business on helping women navigate through divorces, which mm-hmm. may sound um, kind of depressing, but it's a fact of life and – Women are often, I think, um, come out on the losing end in divorces a lot of time because they, it's such an emotional kind of event in your life. And okay. so Stacy and the women she works with are really there to be your advocate and to make sure you're getting what you deserve and that, you know, you're, you can be emotional, but they'll handle everything for you. Um, but on the side, she founded Savvy Ladies and they do all these really cool um, events in the city. And what's awesome about them, if you don't live in New York, they have a free hotline that you can call and they will connect you to a financial advisor or planner and they will give you like a free, you can talk about whatever you want. They'll give you like a free half hour call mm-hmm. with someone. So, Oh, I like that. Send that link to me. Cause it's, a lot of my women would love that. Seven ladies. 
Um, so I was on a panel with them and we, of course it was, uh, the panel was, um, a woman from a student loan refinancing company, um, called, uh, common bond. And then there was Stacy Francis herself, which was awesome. And the third person was this, um, motivational speaker, life coach named Lois Barth. And we had a Q and a set, uh, question and, and a lot of women stood up and asked some really good questions, but one of them was frightening because speaking about student loans, her question was, should I pay use my 401k mm. to pay off my student loans because they're really weighing on me and I have these savings built up? Um, and I was really terrified because I didn't it, – it's such a um, – it's it's scary to think that someone would dip into their 401k yeah. to pay off you know, their debt. And so I just quickly wanted to just talk about that question um, I do get. I feel like I get the question more often. Should I keep paying for retirement, even though I have student loan debt? Okay. Um, but in this case, I mean, the, the clear answer is no. Not if you can avoid it. I mean, absolutely not. Because not only do you pay income taxes on the money you take out, you know, if it's a traditional four hundred one k, which is a, it's a twenty five percent gone already, um, but you're also going to pay a ten percent penalty. Yeah. For taking a withdrawal out um, for being under fifty nine and a half years old. So the money that you have, like you may have, I don't know, 50K saved up, but you're at the end of the day, you're going to have like 25,000. Uh, yeah. I did, believe me. I know. I took out money. I took out, I had like $35,000. This is when I lost my job. And I was like, uh, I'm just going to take the money out of my 401k, even though oh. I know, I know, even though I know I'm not supposed to. I mean, like everything in me was like, don't do it. But I did it. And out of the $35,000 I had, I had saved, um, in my 401k, I had, hmm, how much money did they actually give me? Maybe like 20000 So 15000 of all that money I've been saving for years, gone. Mm. And I was just like, uh, so I always tell people, do not. That you always have to remember this. It is your younger self's job to look after your older self. So think about it this way. If your older self is your grandma and your grandma's living with you, and you have to make a choice between like, what should I do? You know, I'm actually just going to tell grandma to go, go back to work and put in 80 hours and make sure that the household is stable. You would never do that to your grandma, but that's what we do to our older selves. We put so much, we make choices now that are, that's going to require our older selves to have to make up for that financially. So don't put your grandma to work. <laughs> no, do what you can now while you're younger. So that way, you know, you don't have to struggle when you're older because you don't have one. You're not going to have the energy, the desire, the ability to put the work in necessary to take care of yourself fully. You have to have put those plans in place now. So that way, by the time you're older, you don't have to worry about it as much. And you have to know there are other options. Like, I feel like you have to really exhaust all your options of it first. Mm-hmm. Um income-based repayment plans. Um, there's, there's all, there's like four different types of income-based repayment plans. Um, and I'm going to, I think the website is studented.gov if you want to do some research. I'll also post a link. I've done a lot of articles on what to do if you have no idea how to pay off your student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll post some links to that in the blog this week, but I just feel like people go to these extremes because they don't know what other options they have. And I feel like knowledge is power. And yes. you, have to, you have to know what other options are out there. It's harder when you have private student loan debt, obviously. Yeah, it is. There's no income-based repayment plan. But there's things you can do like refinance your loan and get a lower interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, that can help and, and or consolidate your loans. And uh, the last thing you want to do is go into the future. It's like going into the future in a time machine, hopping up and snatching money from an 80-year-old woman. Basically. Did you do that? <laughs> and that woman being you. Yeah. Like, give me your money. <laughs> Eat some cat food. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
So I saw an interesting question. I think this is the one I want to answer. You want to answer the home buying question? Yes. Wait, let me pull it up real quick. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I'll read it. Okay. Wait, she wants her to call us Wesley Joe. Okay. <laughs> hey, Wesley Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week we have a question from someone who'd like to go by the name Wesley Joe, which is very specific for a, an alias, but I support you, <laughs> Wesley Joe. Um, her question is very interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, Wesley Joe says that she is with her boyfriend. She currently lives with her boyfriend in a rented apartment. So here's her question. We both have the dream of being homeowners. I want a nice kitchen and he just wants his man cave. <laughs> Due to our past financial situations, our credit is less than perfect. But recently, in the past six months, we've both increased our income in order to build it back up. Using tips from Brown Ambition. Hi. Episode eight. Woo woo. Whatever that was. Um, <laughs> we recently heard of a program called NACA, called the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, that does home buying workshops, classes in order to make home buying more affordable. Um, but since he and I aren't married yet, I go back and forth between getting a mortgage with him for two reasons. The first is because we aren't married yet. And the second is one qualification criteria is to submit your taxes for the past three years. He hasn't filed his taxes in the past two years. He does have a plan to file them and start to pay them back. Um, but basically, that wouldn't make us eligible, us eligible, until he starts that process. So she's asking, I do make more than him, but he does pay rent, and his contribution would unlock more purchasing power for us in home buying. So what do I do? Do I wait for him to get those taxes in order or move forward in the process without him and use his rent payment as additional income to speed the process up? Wesley Joe, Wesley, Wesley. Joe, Wesley. You know it's so Joe. funny, Wesley. I'm like we're like twinsies. So I live with my boo boo as well, and uh, we just were talking about you know home buying, and we signed up for a NECA oh, workshop. Really? Okay. Yeah, so I know exactly like that's why I picked this one. I was like, yes. So this is what uh, we talked about. I said, you know, it's one thing to live together, but it's another thing to buy a home together before marriage. So we're not going to buy a home together. So instead. We're going to NACA. I think our, our NACA um, workshop is in April um, because I, I have a few friends that went through it and they loved it. And um, he is actually going to purchase first. I helped him get his credit strong with just the information that I know as a financial educator. So his credit score is up like over 100 points. He's been saving, saving, saving. And I helped him to save um, by setting up different like savings accounts. And so he is basically ready he works for the city of uh, where we live as a contractor, so he knows how to fix stuff. So we're actually going to, or he's actually going to look into a multifamily house. Because with NACA, they look at your income, but if you get a multifamily house, they will include your rental income with how much you, how much house you can afford. So we're, he's going to get a multifamily house, but it'll be his house. And then um, I want to, because with NACA, you also cannot have bought a house uh, within the last two years, I believe, or cannot currently own a house or something to that effect. So he's going to get a house and then I will get a multifamily house and it'll be, be the beginning of what I hope to be a strong investment stream for both of us. And then when we get married, you know, we could get a house together, but I'm not going to purchase a house with him, but it doesn't mean I won't help him to purchase a home and then, you know, not help to contribute. It's just because I just feel like boyfriend and girlfriend purchasing a home is just like that next level. If you're going to move to that next level, you might as well get married. Well, it's, there's a lot of, co- oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, that's just my opinion though. 
Well, there's a lot. I mean, I feel like this is a problem or not a problem, but it's a it's a crossroads that a lot of couples who live together but aren't married yet are facing, which is a lot of us now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's some. And, and like she says, you're when you buy a home, when you fill out a mortgage application, whoever you're buying a home with their credit, their tax situation can really screw you over, mm-hmm. really hurt your chances. You may even qualify for a loan, but they may get you a higher interest rate and make it more expensive down the line for you. Um, so I think it's smart to consider maybe approaching this from an individual basis. Um, I think what what most people advise couples doing who are going to buy a home together, even married couples, is to draw up a property agreement or to mm-hmm. have some sort of legal document in place that a real estate attorney can help you draw up that says what happens if you break up, that says what happens if, you know, um, you buy the house and he's living there and contributing to the mortgage payment, but maybe your name's only on the title and the deed. So he doesn't have any legal rights, but a, an agreement would give him some sort of um, comfort knowing, okay, well, I've contributed, I've put equity into the home, and so I'll be protected if we break up. Um, and I think that that sort of legal document can really help make sure that both parties are sort of covered. But I, I definitely don't think it's the sort of purchase you make until you're absolutely sure that you can see yourself, I mean, with this person for a long time. Um, I don't know. I I, I I almost want to say just buy the house on your own. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, have him keep contributing to the monthly costs. And then if you decide to get married, then at that point, you can drop that sort of legal agreement that says, um, you know, here's who owns a house you know, add him to the deed, add him to the title, whatever it takes to make things equitable. But I don't know if it's, and you don't say how long you've been together or if you're even talked about marriage. Um, so I don't know if it's, it's so such a good idea to, to, to tie yourself to this person in that way. Yeah. And especially when you have the opportunity, it seems like you could do it yourself. Um, so it's I would look been, at- It's only been six months since they got their financial act together too. Yeah. So it could be just, a, I mean, it could be, I think this NACA, the NACA thing is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And I've written about it, but I've never done it before. But um, I feel like that could, you don't want to rush into this sort of thing. And I think the NACA would be a good place to sort of slow things down and yeah. think about things. At the end of this NACA class, you may feel differently about wanting to buy a home right now. You know? Exactly. That's what I like about what I've seen from what I've seen about NACA. What I really like about it is the education piece. So many people rush in. Um, to purchasing a home. And actually, I wrote this piece. If you go to uh, com, I wrote this piece like a checklist of what I wish somebody would told me before I bought my home. I bought a home at 25 because I thought, I'm grown. That's what 25-year-olds do. When you're grown, you have some money. And I wanted to like, you know, assert my my adultness. And so I bought a home and I did all the wrong things. And as a result, I ended up losing my home to foreclosure about five or six years later. And so I said, you know what? I don't want someone else to make my mistake. So I created this checklist of what I wish people would have told me before I purchased. And I think it would be helpful. So if you just go to thebudgetistablog.com and type in checklist and it'll pop up and just, you know, I mean, it's not the Bible, you know, it's like maybe like six or seven things, but it certainly will help put some some of the things you're thinking about into perspective. And so I just want to address real quick the, the issue about his taxes. Um, maybe I'm just a hard ass, but I feel like this is a big no-no. I feel like I'm glad that she knows about it for one thing. I think it's it's great that he's been transparent about the tax debt that he has, but I would really question whether this is a person that you want to 
take on this kind of financial responsibility with if he's had so much problems in the past paying his taxes or even just submitting your taxes, you know, that's those come with penalties, with interest, all sorts of fees. So you don't say exactly how much debt he has, but that would really, I, mean, I don't even know if you can get approved for a mortgage with that kind of debt that you haven't paid. Um, and it could be a long while until he, like you say, um, can start the process of paying that off. So I I would say you have to be a little bit selfish and think about your best interest. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't sound like the best uh, uh, home buying partner right now. Yeah, right now. And again, it's only been six months since you guys have started trying to get your finances back on track. Don't try and do too much too quickly. Like starting any kind of new habits, like when you start a new budgeting or financial habit, it takes time to get that really um, to become a part of your daily habit and your you know financial habits. And it's great that maybe those are part of your habits now, but um, six months, I don't know if that's enough time to, to, to really be like, okay, okay, he's definitely financially better. Like we're, be- we're definitely on, a, on track to continue this sort of new lifestyle. Agreed. But uh, yep. good, luck. good luck, Wesley Joe. Yes, Wesley Joe. We look forward to your home, your um, housewarming. I'm ready to buy a house too. Is this ha- is it happening? We're all like buying houses now. I know. Honestly, like, well, I'm not, but Superman is definitely gonna because he. It's so crazy. I don't know if this has happened. Well, with you and uh and fiance boo, um, but like you know, as you start to do something new or different or just whatever, they kind of look and they're like, oh, that looks interesting. I think I want to try that. And so he's been watching me for the last, we've lived together for like a a little over a year and a half. And he's been watching me grow my business. And it's made him say, not necessarily that he wants to be like uh, an entrepreneur in this way, but like, hey, I have skills that I can monetize. Basically, it's making him, to me, that's what he and I haven't been pushing it on him. He's just been like, I know how to do things and I can get paid for them outside of work. And one of those things is, um, like I said, he knows how to fix everything for, for housing. One of the things, one of the things that he does is, um, he turns over apartments. So someone moves out, moves out and he'll do the floors, the ceiling, all these different things. And, um, so I'm like, well, you could do that. Like if you own property, you could do that and make way more money, even if it's just on the side. And so that's what's been like pushing him toward this. And I'm just excited to see how he's growing because he's starting to realize I have skills and talents that I can monetize. Good for you, Superman. Yeah, Superman's about to fly. Power couple alert. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're like, I'm like power tired. We're such old people. Like last night, I'm like Superman. I came upstairs. He was like, we have a, like a massager that you could like put in the chair that he got for Father's Day. And I just found him there just like asleep, like an old man. I was just like, look at Superman. <laughs> just like sitting in the chair, like snoring. And I'm like, babe, you don't want to lay? No, 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 no. I'm, a- I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm like, you're clearly not awake. <laughs> it's okay to go to sleep at nine o'clock. Just go ahead. Go ahead and lay down, boo. It's over. I'm sure he loved you sharing that story with the world. <laughs> I know. You know what I love too, though? I just love that he is so not social media um savvy. He doesn't know. He's like, podcast? What's that? I'm like, exactly. He talk so much smack about them. Yes. Well, unfortunately for me, all of fiance boo's family listens to this podcast. I think uh-uh. more than he does. <laughs> so fiance boo is like. He has eyes and ears. Yep. No, Superman. Everywhere. He doesn't quite, I mean, I know that there's a few people, but yeah, they've been pretty good about not telling him. So let's keep it that way. I have my eye on you. I know who you are. (laughs) So 
Any wins? I'm gonna. I don't really have a win, but I definitely have a book a book share. You have a book share? Well, we have a joint win. If you guys saw on our page, we posted we were on the cover. The yes, cover I know a relatively new digital magazine called Afia A F I Y A magazine, and it's a really dope magazine. It's um it's uh published and created by um a woman named Rashida. Is her last name Jones? Am I making that up? I think so. Rashida, no, Rashida Marshall. Okay. Um, Rashida Marshall, who started a FIA magazine about, I don't know, it's been a, a few issues now. Um, so you can check us out there. The link's on our Facebook page. It's only two ninety nine to download it, which I think is less than most magazines cost on newsstands. For sure. And the magazine's all about health and wellness and improving your life. Um, and it's, of course, really uh, uh, targeting a brown audience. So perfectly in line with our with our podcast. So thanks again for putting us on the cover yeah that was a win i was like oh we got a cover we got a cover we're famous now and what else oh what did i want a win oh that was my win done okay you, your turn <laughs> so i don't like i said i don't have a win but i do have a book share did i share this book did i share the book launch no okay not. so it's this great book so for those of you because i know we got we get a lot of like entrepreneur um interest and for those of you who are maybe interested in being an entrepreneur. So there's this great book that I want to introduce to y'all. Um, an entrepreneur shared it with me. And I just think that if you're an entrepreneur, this is just going to be a great resource to you. It's called Launch by Jeff Walker. And I'll send you the link, uh, Mandy, that we can share with them. Um, so what I love about Launch is that it's if you have a product or service, which if you're an entrepreneur, that's the purpose, that you have a product or service. Um, but that you're trying to share with the world and maybe you've already shared it with them and they seem uninterested. This is such a great book to teach you how to launch, really meaning how to introduce a product or service to people so that way they are interested. And um, what I like about it is that it really goes into marketing and psychology and like why people make the choices that they make. But what I really like is that because some books are like all theory no strategy, but no, he really breaks down day one, do this day two, write this, say this. So he gives you the theory, but then gives you the application as well. And it's not a long read. It's just a really good book. And I used it, um, really to help me launch my, the literature Academy. I mean, and it was really successful. We got 2,900 people signed up. Um, and I really credit the book for helping to guide my hand there's just so much stuff I didn't know. I'm like, oh, oh. So yeah, it's just a really great book. Like I said, if you have, uh, if you just have a, a an idea for a business, or you're coming out with a new product or service, or you want to revive an old product or service, um, or even if you're just interested in psychology and like marketing, I think it's just a great read. It's called Launch, like Launch Pad or Launch into the Atmosphere by Jeff Walker. Ooh, good one. Mm-hmm. I have a book to share too that we're reading. Well, we started out reading it. I have a little like um, casual book club with some friends. We started reading All the Single Ladies, which is this new book written by Rebecca Trace- Chaster, who's a writer for New York Magazine and the New Yorker and all that. But it's yeah. all about the the evolution of single women in America and how Ooh. today only 20% of pe- women, in, uh, today only 20% of American women are married by age 29. Whereas in 1960, it was near 60%. Mm. Um, so it's really, it's a fascinating and like fun and really well written look at how being single in America has changed and how accepting we are of it now. And not just the fact that like it's become more accepting to be a single woman and not just single, not dating, but like single being unmarried, you know, mm-hmm. living with some but not married. Um, and she talks about just the political power we have as single women, how our 
um, desires, hopes, dreams, priorities have changed. Um, and it's, it's really, really interesting. And I think it's really empowering. So you can check that out. It's called All the Single Ladies. And it's All written by single, All the Single Ladies. I wonder if she had to pay Beyonce for that title. You know? No, I you know, right? Unless Beyonce copy. I feel like or... Beyonce is a type to like, you know, uh, trademark that kind of stuff. But... Yeah, I do think so too. Um, so Rebecca, that's Rebecca Traster, T R A I S T E R, all the single ladies, and I'll I'll post a link to that too in the blog. Okie dokie. So I'm off to my first uh, birthday party for my godson. What are you gonna do? Go crazy. Um, I'm gonna do some laundry and live the lux- life of luxury that I always lead. Oh, look at you! Don't don't hurt him now. Laundry day <laughs> <laughs> between me and you. I mean, we out here just wild in these streets. Well, I read that. I read that from the launch book too. It said, "Do your laundry." <laughs> it's gonna be cold today, so I'd rather just like not leave the house. So we'll see if laundry even gets done. Uh, and I hope it doesn't snow like they're predicting. Lord, I thought we told the weather. I thought we told. Them <laughs> I had all the break. weather. Right? Exactly. No, we're going to end in a positive note. We're going to have great days. It's still sunny outside and still early to enjoy it. Yes, ma'am. And if you guys have questions, again, as ever, email us at the BA podcast. Nope, that's not our email address. Email us at the <laughs> Brown Ambition Podcast at gmail.com or tweet us at the BA podcast. I love when you guys tweet us. Like, I love waking up and I see that you've tweeted um, the BA podcast or Mandy at Mandy, you're, you're Mandy Woodruff on yeah, um, Mandy Twitter Woodruff. with Mandy with an I or the budget needs to me. I love when you tweet us and you're like, you guys were hilarious. Or you tell us something that we said. It always puts a smile on my face. So tweet, tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet, <laughs> tweet, All right. Go have a fabulous day. Eat a lot of cake. All right. Oh, yes. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.